You're listening to Of Slights and Men with Benji and Jacob. A Daily Magician Production. Hello and welcome back to Of Slights and Men. Uh, today it's just me again, uh, and I'm joined by a uh, me, Jacob. I know that some people get our voices confused between me and Benji, so I should add it's Jacob. Um, it's, a, it's actually a pretty boiling day in New Jersey for me. I've had a I've had a good day. I've been been to the gym, uh, did a bit of a card training with our with our guest today. And for all of you that are wondering when I'm get to going to get to the point, it's now. <laughs> uh, I'm joined by by slightly obsessed or um, Andrew Frost. Uh, and um, I'm excited to have you here. How, how are you doing today, Andrew? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Do you go by Andy or do you go by Andrew? Because I feel like... I don't really know. It's kind of... Professionally, I've always been Andrew. Hmm. Um, in sports, I've always been Frosty. And in, uh, in by, by my mates, I've always been Andy. So it kind of... I guess it depends on how, uh, how comfortable you feel around me. <laughs> All right, Frosty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. So we, we we talked a little bit before we started this, and British people are not very good at introducing themselves because it feels very awkward and also a little bit up yourself. Yeah. Um. But just to give you guys a bit of context, I can do a little bit of an intro. Uh. Andrew is, goes by another name in the community. I guess slightly obsessed. Uh. He runs a membership. He's done consulting in magic. Um. He also is just really good with a deck of cards. <laughs> so, uh, that's pretty much. All you need to know, I think, um, and he's also a really nice guy. So we, we've been we've been talking for a while, but we finally decided to, to sit down together and uh, record a podcast. Mm. Um, so it is the cliche question, and I always say that it's the cliche cliche question. But I am also interested. Um, so how how did this all begin for you? How how did this magic journey start? I was at university, um, so I was about nineteen, I think. And I was rummaging through a secondhand bookshop and I found a book with an orange spine that said the Royal Road to Card Magic. And if you read oh, the wow. intro to the book, it reads like a fiction book. And it sat on my shelf for about three months um, until I kind of got to it. And then I read the intro and then suddenly it was like all of these card tricks and I was like, this is crazy. I didn't know. I didn't really, I didn't, I obviously knew that you could do like magic as a, as a thing. Right. But I didn't really think that there would be like a seek, like to me, it felt like a very secret book that I had just stumbled upon. Right. In this like, and, second hand bookstore and it's yeah. all old and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I picked up a deck of cards and kind of started learning stuff from that book. And then subsequently kind of got a couple more books and learned some stuff off off the internet and did various bits and pieces. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how it started, but I, I, I kind of became, I think relatively competent with the deck of cards quite quickly. And then mm. when I'm, and I didn't meet other magicians cause I was in a place called Brighton, which now has a kind of a buzzing magic community, but at the time yeah. felt very isolating, felt like there was nobody around and I didn't really know how to connect with people. So I joined a local magic club and then, uh, found out I was relatively competent by comparison uh, to some of the members, and then that's that's kind of where it all started. And I kind of yeah, I've just gone gone from there really. That's kind of funny how you just like stumbled upon the Royal Road to Card Magic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Pretty lucky to be fair. You could have picked yeah. out a different book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. So when did it? So when did when did this like? So what? I'm guessing you, were you studying in Brighton? Like what were you doing at Brighton at, the, at that time? So, so I, I grew up in Brighton, oh, okay, okay. and and then I and then I also ended up going to university there as well because they had a good uh, product design course, which is what I was studying at the time. Mm. And so I ended up uh, kind of living in Brighton, and yeah, that was that was yeah that was where things kind of began. And then I did what everybody does, which is try and work up in London for a bit. Found I didn't want to do that. Went back home, and now I'm back up in London doing magic full time now. Mm. So w when does this transition happen, I guess? When, when were you like, all right, 
magic full time. It kind of sounds like a, a crazy move, right? <laughs> I have to go yeah. to uni and everything. Yeah, I, I think I think it basically I had exhausted everything else, and I had a career that I could always go back to. So I so I so I went from university and I didn't really know what to do. So I did like a sales job in London for a bit. And then I didn't really enjoy that. So I kind of didn't ended up moving out of that. And then I decided that I was going to do teaching for a while. And then I did teaching for two years and kind of every, every job that I've been in, I've, I've never been really awful at them. I've never been like, like really, really amazing at them. I've never thought it was my absolute right. passion, but it got to a point in, in the, like when, in the second year of teaching where I went, I, I can't do this i actually need to do this other thing and i think that you know a lot of, a lot of pros talk about it like people who earn their living from it about the point at which you kind of either you you kind of get to a point where you go i can't do anything other than this thing that i want to do for the rest of my life and that's kind of that's, that's kind of the point i was at i think with with that so what that's i mean that's, that's pretty cool like so where do you start you're like okay you drop out of your teaching job <laughs> and you're like okay, yeah magic full-time like how does that begin <laughs> so i so i so i started by i had i had a, i had some material that i'd worked on so i i did a couple of projects and i also was kind of leaning towards doing some gigs so i did a few of those as well um so that was kind of how the income started and then came in and then i got a big consultancy job or it was it's kind of a consulting job i really i just help out on a certain magician's tour and so that happened so that was kind of like that was almost like having a job really that what it kind of is having a job right and then um then the pandemic hit and then i was kind of worried about what i was going to do and then i released a couple more projects had a couple of uh, little bits of savings here and there. And then I started the membership and then that's kind of transitioned into a full-time gig now. Oh, so how, how long has this actually been then from like making this decision till now? How, like if you, if you don't mind saying. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, so it will be, I think it will be, it's kind of coming up to two years now. Wow. So this is all, this has all happened very like recently. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty, yeah. So up until two years ago, I was teaching. Yeah, wow. two years ago, I would have, two years ago today, probably I would have been in a classroom. That's crazy. And what age were you teaching? Uh, so I was doing everything from, well, in, in the UK, we have like uh, year seven, which is um, the equivalent of like a 11, 12 year old, I think. Mm -hmm. And then all the way up until I was teaching all the way up until a level, which is like 18 year olds. Dang. What were you teaching? Sorry. I'm just like interested. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Um, so I was, I was teaching design and technology. So it kind of ranged right. everything from, uh, just because of the way that the, the, uh, qualification is set up for 16 year olds in the UK, it can, it's a, it's a wide range of things. So my first kind of school placement. I was doing everything from uh, food and nutrition, which is like teaching year sevens and year, yeah. year eights, year nines, cooking and stuff like that. Uh, but really, I, I, my GCSE classes were all doing uh, kind of the designy side of tech. So what I did for my university degree. So it was like prototyping and uh, materials and like all of that kind of stuff. So it was making stuff by hand and then also yeah. using technology like 3D printing and laser cutting and all that kind of stuff. Freak man, design and technology. It's been so long since I heard that word, but it just like puts me right <laughs> back in a classroom. <laughs> I'm just I like, know. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's one of those, it is definitely one of those terms that just doesn't appear anywhere else. It's literally yeah. the name of the subject. Yeah, seriously. I, I was just like, oh, freak, I, I completely forgot. I just thought about like cooking class <laughs> when you're in like year seven and you always, yeah. always like, forget my ingredients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, you, you would be the bane of my classroom, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'm definitely always like turning up before and like trying to like steal half of <laughs> my friend's ingredients. <laughs> yeah, freak, I remember the worst one. I was so happy. The worst thing I ever made. Like, I, I, now I'm actually better at cooking, but I, I was pretty terrible. And I remember I like we were making a pizza 
and it was like another one of those things where I just like stole half of somebody's ingredients mm. and then it was just like dough it, I, oh. I, it wasn't like cooked all the way through <laughs> oh. and I, I thought it was so delicious and I took it back to my mum and she's like this is this is terrible <laughs> I was like oh it's interesting, isn't it? Because like, I because it's interesting that you said that you were into cooking now. Because I think that a lot of that, like a lot of the stuff at school, is just wasted on the youth. <laughs> this, Seriously, yeah. If 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 you know, I talk, I talk, I talk, was talking to a lot of kind of people my age about what I used to teach or at the time was teaching, and they were like, "Oh, that sounds great! I'd love to do that." <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, no, for real. Though. Now yeah. I think about it, I'm like, "Oh, a cooking class for free? Heck yeah!" yeah. <laughs> But back then, it's just like, oh. <laughs> well, it's just school, isn't it? It's just, yeah. you, you're, you're concentrating on other things. Yeah, yeah. Well, freak, man, that, that's cool. So how did you, so I'm interested. So obviously a lot of your presence has come, at least from what I've seen from like your Instagram and you mm-hmm. at least following there. Yeah. So did that, did that start while you were at school? Like when, when did the Instagram, while you were at school, while you were teaching? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, so the Instagram stuff, I think started about six years ago six seven years ago and then Mm. i just kind of consistently kept posting i think that was the thing and then i kind of learned what worked and what didn't and then uh i kind of focused on just posting good technique and that was that was really where the moniker came from of slightly obsessed it's a pun so um yeah it was it was just one of those things where i was like well, I, I don't really, I don't really know. It kind of, yeah, it happened about six, seven years ago. And then slowly over time has built up into this thing that I never really expected it to be. Yeah. I, I feel like people are going to breeze over that pretty fast because they'll look at your Instagram and be like, oh, wow. Like he's got like a pretty loyal following, you know, like 18,000 followers. Other people will be like, oh, wow, that's, that's incredible. I hope, I hope that they didn't miss the whole like six to seven years thing that you just said, because <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of the times, like you see this stuff and you're like, oh, like I'll do that. And then mm. after a week, you don't see, you know, if you after a week, you don't see much like traction, or even after a month or three months, you're like, oh well, maybe it's time to it, stop. <laughs> I think it's really hard to grow now as well, because there was a, there was a real shift. So I think the first like the the like the first fifteen thousand of my followers seemed to come quick quicker than the last however many I've got now um and I think I think it's just because the Instagram model has changed um where they li- they they do things like limit your reach to try and get you to purchase uh you know promotional stuff so that you can guarantee it goes out to a certain amount of your followers and it's all it's all kind of changed now so I think it's a lot harder to grow on the platform and I just got in at the right time and the big thing is consistency on it though like if you if you leave it yeah. for long periods of times you don't grow if you you know if you post like even one slight a week it's just you're not going to grow that fast um unless you are like truly outstanding so it's just a bit case of doing it consistently yeah i think that's good advice so i'm interested so i mean it's only been two years so okay you got a few gigs and then obviously mm. I've, I've seen that like like vanishing inks picked up on some of your work like obviously like you said you've got sure. a good consulting slash working gig right now yeah um how does how, how did you, you kind of have that network already established like or did like how did you go out and did those people find you i'm just it's like how does i just have this image of you just like walking out into london and just being like okay like, <laughs> let's do it <laughs> yeah i I'm quite risk averse generally. Um, right. So, so make so so me kind of like diving. It, it to me it felt like diving off the deep end. But I think really I had kind of established a lot of connections in magic already by going to conventions and uh, I had also put a huge amount of time into magic, like just in general. And I knew that I was in a good position where I was creating good enough material that there was going to be some people who would buy it. So I kind of knew all of that when I was just about to leave teaching, but the, I have been very lucky and it's been the right place at the right time and all, all manner of kind of like, yeah, just lucky moments here and there. I don't think if you had told me kind of even three years ago that I would be in the position that I am now, 
you know, having basically done a year in teaching and having not mm. really considered to do magic full time. I think I've just, I have been, there has been a, an incredible amount of just luck involved and like good timing and things like that. So I, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it, I, I can't really put it down to like me just being like amazing at networking or, you know, an unbelievably skilled person. Cause I think a huge amount of it is actually just luck. I interrupt this podcast to give a brief shout out to our website, thedailymagician.com. If you haven't already signed up for our daily emails that will give you great content just like this podcast, please head over there and sign up now. That's thedailymagician.com. We promise that we won't disappoint you. Mm. But like, because there's this thing, right? Like, uh, I can't, I'm really bad at remembering the exact law, but there's, mm. um, it's like three degrees of luck. One of them is just like blind luck. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you find a hundred dollars on the floor, right? That's just like blind luck. Yeah. Um, then the second one is kind of like uh, situational luck or like grafting luck, where it's like if you knock on a hundred doors and ask the same question, probably at some point you'll find the answer that you want, right? Or like a thousand doors. I mean, that's just like a really that's just like a really banal example, but yeah. Um, like, and then the third type of luck is like luck that comes to you. So it's like because you've been like if you think about uh some people like for instance like post malone right um or someone like that i don't know like ellie goldie i don't know you know they, yeah it, it's at the point where they they're good enough and they've grafted enough where like the luck comes to them you know like i don't know Mon- sure. monster approaches post malone and says do you want to do this advertising mm-hmm. campaign maybe it's lucky that that happened but that luck was kind of like drawn to him um mm. and so I guess it's. I guess I would put it in like blind luck, then like brute force luck, and then like luck attraction. <laughs> I suppose. Sure. Um, like for instance, for me, like I think it was pretty a combination of like blind luck and um, just like asking enough people that our company really got started in the first place because we were really lucky to make a contact with Danny Goldsmith right at the start. Gotcha. Because he, he has a really good following. Uh, su- just super nice guy. Like helped us out a lot, um, and that was just kind of. Yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. I, I, I guess with luck, the thing is, right, like you are lucky, but also if you hadn't quit teaching and put yourself in that position, you wouldn't have been there to benefit from it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think there's it's probably, there's there's definitely a mixture of all three. I think the other, yeah. one of the things that I found quite early on was people that were like me in magic right (laughs) and um what i mean by that is just kind of people who it doesn't it's not their whole thing it's not like completely and utterly their identity and i found that the people who were like that were kind of already in the positions where i wanted to be and Mm. so it was that's what I desc- that's how I describe it as lucky in that I made friends with people and just naturally got on with people right already in positions to help me mm. um, and I wasn't doing that consciously I don't think in any way shape or form I right. think it was right. much more like it just happened to be that like I got on it with naturally people arose yeah so I got on with people like uh, Alex Hansford and Ollie Meeling and Christian Grace and Ross Taylor and all of the kind of guys my age in London. And therefore, we all just kind of helped each other out. And then other opportunities arose from that. And then I'm quite, I'm, I'm normally, I'm, I think, you know, I'm quite good at once I have an opportunity, I'm quite good at just saying yes without knowing whether or not i can do it right and just figuring out a way (laughs) to do it um which i think is uh, you know and 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 if i can't do it just being honest about it that's the other thing just basically say yeah i think i can do that um give me give me a couple of days if i can't do it in a couple of days then you've still got a little bit of time to find somebody to do it and if you if you take that approach you know, and after the first day you go, I'm really struggling on this, then you just become very easy to work with because you're honest. Right. And as long as you're even partially competent, that that kind of style of 
working seems to have always worked better for me. Yeah, I find it to be. Um, oh, freak! I had a good point on this. Now, then I lost it. But I think um, it's like Stockdale par- paradox, where it's like uh, brutally honest with your situation, <laughs> like you're brutally honest with yourself, but also optimistic for the future, right? Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, what was what I was going to say is like it's interesting because I think I was yeah I was reading a book called Essentialism, um, mm. and and in that book it talks about saying no to things. And like, but also like, yeah, you're like just giving yourself the product projects that you can actually work on and how you're more effective if you actually can, if you say no to a lot, but yes to like the right things. Sure. Um, And I think like you were saying, it makes you the person that's like, well, not even like a no to a lot, but like you only say yes. And like you said, like you said, if, if you know within the, like a small period that you'll actually be able to fulfill on that. Um, I I think it's like, I, I probably, I'm probably a bit I'm probably a bit more inclined to say yes before I know that I could. Right. <laughs> so I'll be I'll be very optimistic. I think if it's something completely and utterly outside of my realm of understanding or knowledge, then right. of course I'm I, of course why would I say yes? Because I just know it, I'm going to not do a good job for either whoever's employed me or for myself. And you know, but for the most part just saying yes to something even if it's something that's outside of your comfort zone a little bit you'll find a way if you're persistent enough yeah and it's just if you have a time scale that you need to adhere to that's when you need to be honest with whoever's kind of holding you accountable but yeah. otherwise i think for the most part it's like you know just take on what you can and then mm. you know figure out how to make it work I, I think a lot of i think a lot of people um uh in magic have really good ideas and a lot of them don't start those ideas and i am definitely guilty of that in my own work like i you know i'm i'm always the guy who's like yeah i'm writing a show and i never I'm, right. you know i never i never get round to completing it or never get right round to booking the venue but in, in in other aspects of my professional magic life I'm very good at just going like, yeah, I can do that. And then just figuring out a way and just like basically going at it doggedly and kind of trying out loads and loads of different things and making it work. Hmm. I like that. Um, I'm interested that, I mean, you brought up like quite a lot of um, like uh, big UK names. Hmm. Um, so like, I mean, what is like the UK scene like? Like, how did you like, I'm interested because I've only been in, I mean, I was when I was in the UK. I was like seventeen, so yeah. <laughs> I've only been in the US since then. So, what is like the the UK magic scene like, especially in London? I mean, I thought I th- I think it's pr- probably rivals the best in the world, at the, particularly at the moment, particularly mm. in card magic. Um, there's quite a nice link between the generations, or in the fact that um, a lot of people in the generation above me feel very approachable, like Chris Power and uh, Alexis Comran and um uh guy hollingworth and people like that you know you, you they mm. they they're fairly accessible um and are around for the most part so you can you can always kind of contact them obviously the, i i am speaking from a privileged position of having put a lot of time into card magic and right. making connections with these people already but at least the card like there there does seem to be kind of um with my group of friends and the generation above me there seems to be a common link. So I think, I think it's kind of outstanding. Like some of the people that we, we hang out with are some of the best card magicians in the world. And yeah, it's, Mm. yeah, it's just great to be a part of it. I also feel really lucky because I'm normally the one, or at least I feel like I'm the one who's the worst in any of those groups. So it always feels (laughs) like I'm a good place to be. Yeah. It, yeah, definitely. And it always feels like I'm kind of like playing catch up and, you know, learning from other people. And so that's, that's a, mm. that's a huge thing I think for me is, is again, like I I'm definitely drawn towards feeling like you're getting better at something and right. when you're around people who are better than you, you're all you're doing is learning from them. And so, yeah, that's, that's definitely something that's great about the UK card scene is that a lot of those people are very accessible. And also a lot of the really, really uh, good guys are really nice as well. They're like, there's, there's very little ego about them or, you know, they're very accessible. 
I briefly pause this podcast to give a shout out to the Daily Magician Tapes collection. This is a growing collection of exclusive audio training and interviews with some of the world's best, including the magician that you're listening to right now. If you'd like to find out more about the Daily Magician Tapes, head over to thedailymagician.com slash tapes. That's thedailymagician.com slash tapes. We'll see you there. That's cool. Yeah, I like what you said. It's kind of like surround yourself with people that are better than you, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Do it as much as you can. Yeah, right. Because if you don't, then there's no upwards trajectory. You'll always just be the best of the worst, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Not in like a bad way. Obviously, you can progress together. But I just feel like it is always good, like especially in business or whatever you're doing, like mm. to have a mentor or surround yourself with people that are better than you is always helpful, I find. Um, I, I think it can be quite crushing if the <laughs> level is so far above your right. own. Like, so it becomes, it almost seems unaccessible. But if people are kind of like a, a little bit better or, or like a lot better than you, but you can see yourself getting to where they're at, then for sure. Like, but it's, you know, it's very hard if every time you meet up with somebody, they give you an existential crisis and make you want to quit. Like, that's very difficult. Like, I've got, I've got a couple of friends who have that ability. If they're just like on a good day, they just, you know, very little, you can do very little to do better than them. And that's like, you know, and I remember, um, so I play a bit of tennis and there's uh, occasionally I get an opportunity to play with a 16 year old who plays uh, I think maybe he's 17 now, but he, he plays uh, for um, kind of like on the tour, on like mm. the, the junior tour. And I remember realizing one day that there would be no, at no point in my life I could have ever beaten him. Mm. And like, that was, that was like a really harrowing thing to think. Cause like knowing that at no point in my life, like at zero, like the, you know, at his age, at, you know, in between now and then to my age now to any time beyond my age, I'm never going to beat him is like a, it's like a really harrowing thought. So if you're around people that make you feel like that, it's, it's probably not that good. <laughs> but if you can find, if you can find your group of people, it's also people that are willing to support you and like, you know, basically becoming your friends. Like that's, that's the big thing. I like, it just happens that the guys that I like spending time with also happen to be incredibly good carb magicians. <laughs> whoops yeah yeah oops yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's that's fun man that's, that's cool so how how i mean for people that are kind of like oh i'd i'd love to have that i know it, there's not really like a prescribed way to do it but like where say okay i i turn up in london with my bags got myself an apartment and i'm like oh i'd really like to meet some of these people like where, where like where do they start i mean the i think the i think the big thing is um we we all met through instagram uh but i think the best way to do it is to find your own your own group as opposed to like come and hang out right. like we're we're already we're already kind of long in the tooth you know <laughs> we're, you if you're if you're if you're thinking about like you know yeah just, just find your own people that's the big thing there's always like i started you know, uh, magic when I was 19. So I'm 28 now. Yeah. You know, if I've got to where I am in nine years, I don't think it's, and I, and, and I, I don't think that I have anything. I mean, I, I like, I don't think I've got any genetic advantage particularly. Um, so I just, I just was kind of, I was fairly obsessive in my approach to like getting better, but Beyond that, I you know, I don't think I don't think there's there's any reason why like a group of people couldn't do exactly what the group of friends that I hang out with ha has done in a short space of time. Hmm. You know. But I'm not saying I'm not saying that I'm not gonna go and hang out with people, by the way. I'm just yeah, saying yeah. I'm like, saying if you, yeah. if you if you want it like Yeah, piss off everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even don't even think about reaching out to me. Unless <laughs> you've got the same amount of followers. <laughs> no, I, I, like, of course, if you want to, if you want to come and hang out, I'm relatively approachable. Like, just shoot me a message on Instagram. Um, and if yeah, I'm busy, if I if I'm busy, <laughs> if I'm like super busy, 
you know, I'm, I, I probably, I'm, I might not get back to you, but if, if I, if I have time, I, I've, you know, I've met up with a ton of people from Instagram, you know, and just gone up and said hi and, you know, had a jam it jam and kind of hung out a day and day or so. And like, you know, w- whatever. But the, the main thing, I think if you want to replicate the, the whole mm. thing that's going on in our country, like basically find you know find your group of people and also reach yeah. like the other thing is in magic everybody's accessible really like other than the super so super true. famous people like um you know blaine or darren or people who are like super celebrities outside of magic anybody in magic who you look up to is fully accessible you just have to get in touch yeah. with them yeah, and, it's actually and, it's sometimes laughably easy. It's like kind of scarily easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And 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 also like if you are passionate and you've put the work in and you have something to offer, like people are so are so keen to meet up with people. I mean, mm. I think the thing is, is like don't expect people to respond. But you, but by reaching out, you, you know, you, you, yeah. even by just putting it out there, you're, you're, you're more likely to, to meet up with these people. So we were saying that, like that second type of luck, right? Where if you yeah. reach out to a hundred people, ten of them will probably <laughs> respond. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, um, I, I know, for example, like Antonio Bourgeois, um, he is a guy on Instagram who's really young but basically knows everybody in magic just through sheer dogged determination of like reaching out to them. He's also, you know, an incredibly good and proficient magician, but I think, you know, he could have been an incredibly good and proficient magician in isolation, but he, but he just, he reached out to everybody and just was like, you know, persistent in like tagging them and stuff and reaching out to them and like would, you know, like occasionally get lessons off people here and there, but, you know, for the most part, we just ask people to jam with them. And, you know, it, it's a, I find it surprising the amount of people who, who basically, you know, I meet at, meet at conventions who are incredibly good, incredibly nice and are like, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, I was in London. I didn't know whether it's like, yeah, just message me. Just, you know, reach out to me. If you're nice, I'll, I'll respond. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the interesting, the, the, so I, when I first got into entrepreneurship, that we had like a, I guess like a mentor. Mm. He was just, he's, he'd set up, he was like a multimillionaire, like had set up his own, he actually managed the Beatles in the US and like done what? a bunch of stuff. And I, uh, I met him, I guess like two years ago. Mm. Um, and one of the things that he told me, I mean, he's a super nice guy. He was like willing to fund anything I did or like, you know, just, just really down to earth. Um, and, uh, but he was like, you know what? The important thing is like, Everyone says like it's it's who you know, it's who you know, it's who you know. He's like it's not really who you know, it's who you know and what you have to offer them. Yeah, like, it, it yeah. doesn't like for instance, like you were saying, right? Like if I met Pitt Hartling tomorrow in the street, but I didn't have any memdeck work to show him <laughs> or anything to offer him, I mean maybe maybe he, I mean sure he'd be nice or or you know anyone like. Uh, Darren, say Darren was like, "Oh, I want to come around to your house for a dinner party," yeah. <laughs> but I didn't have anything to show for it. You know, it, it's like if you want if you want to network, it's almost like it's 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 not just meeting them, but it's also having something yeah. to offer them when you meet them. <laughs> yeah, and and I, and I think like even if it's just like even if it's just, hey, do you want to meet up for a beer? Like for for me, if somebody messages me, right. goes. Hey, I'm in London. Do you, do you want to grab a beer and just hang out? Like, I'm. I, I feel like if people introduce it like that, it would be great. Yeah. Because because then it's like it's less. Of, I, I find I find myself being like less and less inclined to go. Like, do you want to jam and stuff? Just because it's like I don't like. I've I've got my group of friends who I learn from, and we are pretty specific in what we get inspired by and all of that kind of stuff. So like jamming with people nowadays is like, you know, it feels very much like much more like a pissing contest. It's much more like, (laughs) I'll, you know, get, get out your magician fooler. I'll get out my magician fooler and then we'll see which, who, who falls. It's it's not a very good routine, but it fools you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or, 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 you know, whatever, whatever it is. Whereas I think, you know, if, if, if it was like, 
you know, you're hanging out, you just take out the deck of cards and you just kind of, you know, go, like got something to show you or whatever. That's so much more casual. Um, but yeah, is it, but I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to come across like it's a transactional thing. Cause a lot of the time it's, you know, right. if you're nice, it's, yeah, you know, that's the, that's the, who cares? That's the thing. Yeah. Who yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, if you just happen to be good at magic as well, like, you know, I've, you know, I, not, not all of my friends are in magic. it's like you know i hang out with them because they're nice people and i get on with them and i like them you know for them that's that's how i do it for the most part so yeah yeah i think that's a good point like i think (laughs) sometimes it's almost i don't know i find this kind of strange but like people that are really great at magic it's i don't know how to quite explain it but like when you don't just talk about magic, it's like a real big like breath of fresh air for them. <laughs> Cause like, yeah. especially when it's like an occupation, right? Because I know for a lot of them, it does really just become like an occupation, not in like a bad way. Like they're still amazing. Like, but it is, like you said, it is, it's good to be able to talk about something else <laughs> and make like a human connection with people yeah. rather, rather than just like, Oh, like watch this, uh, four ace production. I bet you don't know how it's done. Yeah, or even my friend, <laughs> or, or, or you know, or even look at this four ace production. You know, how can I, how can I do it better? And I'm like, right, I'm like, well, I would be doing a disservice to the people that pay me money to do lessons. Like, that's the other thing, yeah. right? It's, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm, you know, helping you with your routine, you know, people, I'm doing a disservice to the people who have paid me money to, to do that for them right so it's like it's, it's kind of like a weird it's a, it's a weird thing but like yeah i i mean I, and, and it's interesting that you said that about like the the other magicians and stuff it's like for the for the other thing that i, th- I think i find more than anything else is the the more and more i learn about the kind of magic that i want to perform mm the less and less magic I see that I get enthralled by or that like yeah. <laughs> moves me in the same way that it used to. And so sitting down with people and jamming, they would have to, they, they, and also you just, you just get exposed to so much. Don't right. you? Like, so yeah. it's, you know, it, it takes a lot um, to, to really be kind of moved by magic. And kind of that's that's what you end up seeking out, I think, rather than just getting like, oh, I don't know how that works. Yeah. You know? So yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I feel like for me, the more I'm not looking so much to be because a lot of people are like I don't know once you've been in magic long enough, especially people that don't do magic, they're like, so does anything fool you anymore? Like, oh, like do you see through every trick? And they're like, they want you to like watch this Americans Got Talent performance and like, <laughs> you know, just like all this stuff. Oh, did you see this? And I'm just like, I, I guess for me, like like you said, it's more like. I I don't really, I don't know. It, it's kind of like, it's such an old thing, but it's like if a magician watches a trick and is, and like 5% of it, they're lost in of it, lost in it, then they'll love it. But like mm. if a lay, if a lay person watches a trick and even for 5% of it, they know what's going on, <laughs> then they don't enjoy it. And like, I feel like, I don't know. It's, like you said, like your taste, I don't know. I guess it's, I guess it's like, it's like anything, right? Like if you watch enough football or if you watch enough, I don't know if you play enough video games or whatever it might be. Like, there's some things that you just don't find as fun anymore, or you taste is just like refined. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's. I think it's more akin to like cinema or theater. Right, 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 right. You kind of like or comedy. You can see what's coming a mile away, or you see somebody do a technique that you understand just visually what happened because of the way that they did something or whatever it is. So you kind of see what's coming a million miles away. The difficulty is, is that a lot of the time, because you understand those structures and because you under, you, you have like a visual language for what you're seeing, it suddenly becomes very transparent. Whereas if you're, if you're, if you're like to be watching something and be like fully moved by it, you have to kind of, there has to be like, every aspect of it has to be thought about as opposed to like just being fooled by method or yeah because you can you know if if i put uh you know a a little ball on top of a box and then you know the ball vanished 
and then I put the box back in my pocket, you know, you'd go, great, that's that's an amazing ball vanish. Yeah, I don't know how it worked, but you would know how it worked. It went in the box somehow. But it's like, it's even if you even if you didn't know like how it got into the box, like the mere fact of me putting it back in my pocket is is enough. It's that kind of understanding of structure that you kind of have to, whereas it's the same, you know, if you did the same trick and then you handed me the box, you know, and then you go, yeah, have a, have a look at the box. And then you go, well, the box didn't really have anything to do with it. Look, the ball's sitting behind you, you know, like that kind of a thing, you know, suddenly you're, you're messing with the structure of the trick. Then it becomes far more intriguing. Yeah. It's, it's actually Kind of interesting because I'm actually Stephen Bridges is doing some free training right now yeah. <laughs> for like our list, and that's one of the things he talked about yesterday, which is like method layering and mm. how like if you like I said if you, if you take like for instance if you take a card if you get someone to pick so you don't you take a deck and you mm. get someone to pick out a card and then they put it back in the deck and then you produce their card mm. it's, mu- it's much less impressive than if you take out a deck you this is just simple right you take out a deck you shuffle it a bunch of times you let the spectator shuffle it then you let them take the deck they then go and pick out the card themselves then they put the card back in the deck themselves then they get to shuffle the deck again <laughs> and then i don't know you're blindfolded and they lay out the cards in front of you and you point at the card and it's theirs right um mm. like the difference between that because because it's a thing that mentalists do a lot, right? Where it's like, the more you layer the method, the less the less you can figure it out. <laughs> Where yeah. maybe, maybe it might be simple, right? Oh, they can just see through the blindfold and it's marked cards, you know? Maybe that's still, one way of doing it. I still yeah. think that actually the the big thing that really I'm I, I'm probably trying to express like that mm. all of that is incredible is, is incredible like if if you know if you got me to you know if if you did that trick to me I still would kind of get to the end of it and be like ah why should I care like <laughs> it's I think the thing that I am starting to understand more and more and more is the you have to have a hook you have to have like something. And Williamson talks about this all the time, like with just what, why, why should anybody care about the stuff that you're showing them? Because mm. if you did that trick, but before it, you said, you know, I'm going to find your card. Yeah. <laughs> if, 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 if you, even if it's just like, even if you just said, when I was a kid, I always wanted a superpower. Right. Yeah. And this is the closest that I could get to a superpower. And then you do, and even if it's just that, immediately somebody's going to go. So immediately it makes you relatable because everybody suddenly wants a superpower, and then you're demonstrating one just through the mere fact of like you doing the trick. You know, you don't have to explain like this beautiful backstory. Yeah. You know, um, I think it's I think it's like you know they have they have to care about it, and you know you can do, you know you can do an ace assembly you know, a million times. And unless the spectators genuinely care about it, like like it's the difference between feeling fooled and feeling moved. And I think that that's like the top, really top guys, like Blaine does it just inherently within the magic that he performs. Darren does it through kind of making it so much more about the person in front of him than him. And um, somebody like Derek Delgado does it through the power of like storytelling and, kind of you know abusing you emotionally (laughs) right you know by the time you get to the end of the by the time you get to the end of it you just can't help but feel moved you know when you when you tell stories of of that magnitude and with that are that personal and that hurtful it's like you know it's just you just got to make somebody care about it Mm. i like that a lot yeah Mm. i think yeah i think it's, it's a really good point and I think it's something that I definitely have realized like more and more. I don't know, like the more you talk to, the more I talk to top level magicians, the more it changes like what I want my magic to be. <laughs> and because, like you said, it becomes, at least for myself, I'm like, I actually want to find magic that's actually like self-expression or that actually, like you said, that actually means something to me and I hope it means something to other people. Mm. And I think that was one of the first things that like I, was, I asked Danny to, to mentor me uh, mm. and he was like, listen, I'll do it, but like you have to understand i'm not here to like 
He's like, oh, if you do this with me and you actually want to be mentored, <laughs> he's like, you need to understand that this is how I see magic, right? And it kind of in a similar way to what you just said, you know, where it's like, yeah. it, it needs to, people have to care and it has to be, it has to mean something, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to, you have to have both. You have to have incredibly strong magic. Of course. And then you, yeah. also, but, you but, but it also, it also has to have something that, the, that somebody can relate to or, you know, the magician's the hero or whatever it is. And also yeah. all of that can be within the narrative of a trick where you literally don't mention anything other than the procedure of the trick. Right. You know, Tamaris talks about that a lot, about showing the love of magic just through you doing the magic. But it's, it's, it's very hard to do. And there are very few tricks that will allow you to you know it has to be so strong like blaine's the master of doing that taking a trick that mm. doesn't need you don't need any explanation for it beyond just you know he boiled everything down to just watch that's what uh, my friend stephen long says He's, he just goes yeah blaine managed to boil everything down to just watch and that's like so incredible as like just a de mm. deleting of you know just reducing everything to just procedure um Sure. But you know there are there are other there are other things where you just you know you need to make you mean need to there are other tricks where people need to care about it. If you if you're dealing down cards, they need to understand why that's happening. Mm. It can't just be, you know, deal three piles of seven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it needs to be a reason, and that reason can't be. It's such a fine line because that reason can't be any higher. Um, it can't be of like uh, too high a premise either. It can't be like you know there are twenty there are twenty one different kinds of emotions, and I'm going to get you to pick. It can't be that because that's just too just too highbrow for too abstract. For, yeah, too abstract for a card trick. Um, you know, it's such a it's such a fine balance of finding what what those things are. But you know, spend enough time and think about it enough, you'll you'll find that. And 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 also, I'm, I completely agree with you. It's, it's so much more these days for me about self-expression than it is about like, you know, developing the best pass or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, well thank you. Uh, that's probably the deepest I think I've ever got into magic theory. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I didn't quite expect it because uh, I don't think we've ever talked that deeply about magic together. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, that, that kind of like caught me unaware. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. appreciate that. I think it's really good stuff. Um, no problem. So I'm interested um, I think we're probably maybe getting towards the end of it here, but I'm, I'm interested. Sure. So for you, then what is it the, so I, I'm interested cause I, I, it's like a phraseology that you use where you're like, I met magicians that magic wasn't the only thing <laughs> <laughs> and you like that. Um, and I've heard that a lot and I also feel that myself. <laughs> um, so I'm just interested. What is it outside of magic or what are some things outside of magic that either inspire your magic or just things that hobbies that you enjoy that you've been able to incorporate or i'm just mm. interested like what inspired what, what what things do you like other than magic <laughs> i think i think it's just a case of like basically not being so isolated and absorbed in this one thing like you just have to mm. kind of like it can, it can be anything else that you can be passionate about and i'm going to be into it like you just have to be passionate about it mm. so like i i'm i'm like I, I love so many other things. I love, you know, reading about uh, sports psychology. I love reading about like how writing works and things like that. I'm just, I'm genuinely just looking at the books around me. But I also love like stand up and theater and, you know, um, uh, uh, I also love like cinema and music. And it's, it's just, you know, finding other things that you can throw yourself into. And also just, you know, I, I also play, play sport and I, do running and you know all of that kind of stuff so i just have stuff outside of magic that magic doesn't control my life and isn't it, it only makes up a small part of my identity um and i think the other thing is that a lot of the people that i hang out with are very serious about magic but know that it's stupid know that it's <laughs> know that it's it's so dumb and know that it's it's just a card trick and, you know, nobody, you know, the people that they, they, they're not pretentious about it. They don't think, you know, 
not the, the 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 idea of discussing whether or not it is an art form wouldn't even enter into their heads hmm. like you know one because you know none of them are none of them think about card tricks on that level but right. number two like it's not for anybody other than the people that watch your stuff to decide so why bother having the discussion it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't make a difference to the magic they're just very good at like basically trying to find what matters and yeah very good at distilling it down and so i think i think you know you can draw you by by having other interests you just naturally draw upon them and bring them into your magic anyway so it's right. yeah it's not like an active thing it's just who you are <laughs> well, yeah yeah just 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 who you are as an individual i think can be can be and and like you can be the guy who's super into magic history and you know that's that's another facet although it's kind of like inwardly looking on magic if you're that guy and you bring that into your magic then that's amazing too it just has to be it just can't be everything that you do and it can't be the only thing that you're into you know i want to sit down and talk to a human yeah. being i don't want to talk to like somebody who all they do is ma magic basically yeah it's kind of funny because my cousin went started volunteering in macedonia mm. and um we we chatted well he he can only he's only really free to chat on mondays and so it was funny it was like even after like i think it was just like three weeks of him being outside of like the scene because obviously we write daily emails and we're constantly talking to magicians so sometimes you just get like and you're constantly trying to as a marketer i'm mm. constantly trying to get in the head of magicians and what yeah. they want to buy and what they want to see which also makes it so you're even more absorbed <laughs> i suppose yeah, absolutely um and so it's interesting because um like <laughs> so it was just a stupid thing but like i like i, I started doing principia I started reading Principia and just like yeah, going yeah. through it. And I was like, oh, you know, like a few of the things in here are cool, but you know, I just like, wouldn't, maybe it just wouldn't quite fit my style and whatever. And he's like, you know what? Like, what, like, why do you care? Like, it's just fun. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, it's like, it, if it's just fun, it's just fun. Like, cause sometimes you can see magic as such a quest to be like the best as fast as possible. Like, what mm -hmm. is the most effective method to become the best? And which is a little bit why we got obsessed with the memorized deck in the first place because it's so powerful. Mm. Um, and also not that difficult i guess <laughs> and it's like a fast track way to performing some of like the best effects i've seen uh but without maybe years of slight work you know yeah um, and this goes and this goes straight back to what we've been speaking about because right. i don't expect any other magician that does it as a part-time thing to be as good as anybody else like if right. you do it as a hobby and you just enjoy it because you literally like you like magic and you like sitting around with magic. Yeah, there's really nothing wrong with that, right? There's, there's absolutely <laughs> nothing wrong with that. And like and so yeah. many like so many people who are like really good at magic, you know, tend to kind of like, you know, shoot down, down a little bit. Shoot yeah. down. Like and like you know, the amount of you know, people are destroying magic. No, they're not. You don't have the same reaction to somebody sitting around a bonfire and, you know, doing the worst version of a guitar song ever yeah you, you also don't vilify you know somebody for doing a painting in their spare time don't have a go at somebody who's literally just likes magic and just thinks it's a fun thing to do it's like it's that is that is it at the end of the day and if i and, and if you want to meet me you know that's my expectation going in is like please talk to me about your work and please talk to me about all of those kinds of things over a pint yeah. and like what you're actually into, you know, is that, is that, that's the kind of thing that you want to, that, that I, that I absolutely love is like, you know, talking to somebody about like, you know, what, what people have chosen to do for a living is fascinating to begin with, but yeah, that, you know, what they choose to do with their spare time is, you know, they should never be, you know, obviously pursue it as a way to get better, pursue it as a thing that you need, you know, but don't, you know, you don't need to be Derek Delgadio or Darren Brown to, to have fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's just it. I, I guess it's just like your goals, right? Like, I mean, for me, it's just like, uh, honestly, like for me in Magic, it's like my main goal is just if somebody, if it comes up, <laughs> if somebody wants to see something, 
I want them to have a good experience. Like that's it. Like I mean, that's genuinely like that's probably my end, my end goal. Like I love magic. I love marketing. Like I like the scene. I think it's really fun. Like, but at the end of the day, like I don't I don't see it as like my life. You know, <laughs> like and yeah, um, that's obviously I'm in a different position. Like obviously, some people can't quite think that way because they they are a professional magician and that is takes up a lot of their time. Um, yeah, but if it, you yeah. know, if that's one of their goals. Then fine, but don't think that that's everybody's goal. Yeah, right. It's like it, yeah. like when you're wrecking some twelve year old kid for his coin magic on Instagram. You're like, you gotta yeah. look and you can do a bit of introspection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also, you know, if you're having a go at a twelve year old about their coin magic or something, like, and I've been, I've definitely been guilty of this in the past of like, you know, mm. commenting on somebody's Instagram saying like, you know. Uh, you know, if, you know, do this or this or this to improve or whatever. I try and be as nice as possible and don't be like mean or anything. Right, right. And I haven't done this in years. But you know, the reason that why I was doing that wasn't because I thought, you know, I just I just didn't have any perspective outside of my own head. I just thought everybody had the same goals as me, and everybody right. had the same amount of spare time to ch- shove into it, or had the same network of people that are in- as inspiring as the people that I hang out are with. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's such a funny thing. Like, cause it's, it's a community filled with people who are outsiders, right? A lot of the people that yeah. got into magic are because they use it as a social crutch to, you know, try and, re- you know, elevate their station above what they think it's at. And so often like kind of you're enough. Yeah. You don't really and you don't really need this other thing to like yeah like raise your station and like so much of people so much of magicians got into it because they were insecure or you know for whatever reason to like you know show off or whatever and actually a lot of the time it can just be a fun thing it doesn't necessarily need to be yeah. you know this this you know piece of art or whatever yeah i, I like that a lot i think it's it's interesting it's all i don't know it's weird because all of life just kind of comes back to the same thing of just like <laughs> everyone's an individual and everyone makes their own choices but like <laughs> you know it's just and just having mutual respect for people is just important and, and also realizing you don't owe anybody anything and they don't owe you anything you know yeah yeah so it's like you don't owe it to anyone to be to be Divernon or to be as good performing Divernon's tricks as he was. You don't owe that to anyone, you know? Like, if you okay. enjoy it, then you just enjoy it. <laughs> and, like, it does, you don't owe it to anyone to explain yourself any further. The, 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 it's, it's amazing, like, Instagram comments, like, in regards to, like, this subject. Are ju- it's yeah. just a fascinating thing. Because the amount of, ne- like, I, I get so many lovely comments from so many people who are just, uh, you know, are j- just being supportive. On every post, I will always have to delete a couple of comments exposing method or saying it's rubbish or whatever. And I'm like, I'm putting it out for free. Yeah. I know, like, I've watched it a hundred million times. I've probably recorded that same trick, you know, at least five to 10 times to try and get a good take. And, you know, I've compromised and just been like, oh, I'll put it out there, you know, and just seeing like, uh, you know, like at least three or four people being, you know, not very nice about it. It's just, it's like, I'm putting out for free on a platform where it's just a bunch of fun, isn't it? Like it doesn't make, it doesn't yeah. make any difference to anybody else's life, but why are you posting? Why are you commenting saying, you know, are oh, you flashed? <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting thing of like, you know, and I mean, I, I've probably been guilty of it in the past, and yeah, maybe, maybe it's just you know wh- whatever position you're in, and you can't get outside of your own head. But it's just it's just a fascinating thing, isn't it? Like the idea of yeah, like everybody's an individual. Everybody wants to get whatever they want out of it. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a whole yeah. Crazy world. It, it's interesting because like I've really been thinking about this recently because I also feel like in Britain we have the tendency to feel as if because I feel like of like Victorian heritage and just like <laughs> how that's like kind of come down. You know? Yeah. We have this tendency to feel like really defined by 
what how we think other people will react to what we're doing you mm. know like and i've just been thinking about that a lot recently and i'm like like for instance i'm like i'm at the gym and i'm working out and i'm like oh well i should just wear a hoodie because i'm not as buff as everyone else you know it's like stupid like that yeah or i'm working out and i'm working out and i'm maybe giving myself too heavy a weight just because i think other people care and they they don't <laughs> and I, I think or maybe they do and if they do who cares you know what i mean and I, I, i'm trying to i'm really trying to find that difference at the moment where i i realize like i don't need to justify myself in everything i do and i don't owe it to anyone to justify myself or to explain myself that's a, and, that's a huge thing yeah. that's a huge thing isn't it like that's, yeah. that, is, that is massive like when you get to an age where you kind of stop caring about what other people think like that's yeah. that's that's massive if you can get there before you get to like 30 or you know whatever that's a that's a massive bonus but yeah it, it takes a long time for you to kind of yeah. realize that like so for example when i'm walking down the street i don't care about anybody else like i'm just worried about my own stuff yeah and so everybody's doing that you know yeah and, everybody's and doing that even people you think think about you think about you far less than you than you, yeah. than you might believe yeah absolutely <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not a bad thing. It's also not a bad thing. That's just it's it's. I don't know. It, it doesn't mean that you don't look out for other people. You don't care what people think, but it also means that you just you don't owe it to anyone to explain yourself. And if you feel like you're doing the right thing by you, then mm-hmm. you don't. Unless obviously, you know. Again, it's, it's a hard thing because it's like unless you know maybe that person commenting on your Instagram feels like he's doing the right thing by him. You know. <laughs> yeah. so, and also like. You know, I think a lot of people feel as though they're pointing out something uh, in in a way that's helpful or whatever. Right, right. You know, like that 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 kind of thing. And sometimes, sometimes you know, it is. Sometimes it isn't. Um, but I, I do get I do get a little bit uh, like annoyed about people posting method just because yeah. like just because I because just because you know yeah. I I don't mind people like pointing to the original source or things like that that right, that right. I've no issue with like particularly if it isn't original or whatever the bit the big thing that i do but if it's just like you know oh yeah he palmed out and then went to his pocket i'm like why you, <laughs> yeah. you expect your spectators to not do that like <laughs> and yet you don't you have you have the you don't hold yourself to the same standard like it's, yeah, yeah, and, and that's what I say. It's it's almost like that's what, I kind of that's kind of where I was going. It's like it's almost like this need to just to 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 be something for other people. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if I if I don't if I don't show that I know how this is done, then am I worth less? You know, almost it's almost like that mindset. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and I think it's yeah, it's it, it's a it's a pretty deep uh, philosophical topic, and we've actually gone a lot a lot deeper than i expected uh, <laughs> it's all podcast but it's good it's good <laughs> i feel as though this podcast has been absolutely all over the place as well but um yeah, but, yeah. i mean hopefully people get something out of it yeah <laughs> i mean we always we always say like benji and i it's always like we want it to be like we bought somebody a pint in a pub yeah. and we're just sitting down to chat about whatever we want to talk about and yeah. I personally find those the most enjoyable podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, fingers well, yeah. crossed, people find that enjoyable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in in a selfish way, I enjoyed myself. Yeah, <laughs> so, I enjoyed myself as well. Yeah. So uh, I'm good on that on that side. But yeah, um, I guess yeah, we we didn't want to go too much longer than this. Cool. Um, but um, yeah, I had a few other questions, but it's fine. I think uh, I think. Well, I'm, well, I'm, if you if you've got one more, ask that, and then uh, and then yeah, we'll we'll, we'll was, end on that question. Just going to ask you what you're reading right now. That was it. Oh, okay. Um, I am currently rereading the Mental Mysteries of Hector Chadwick, hmm. which is a brilliant book written by uh, Hector Chadwick, which is a moniker for Stephen Long. He's, he's very 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 good. Uh, book on mentalism but has some cool card stuff in as well but it's just really good for thinking about performance and stuff like that because he's very original um and uh i've been rereading the encyclopedia of card magic which is uh really really good sorry the encyclopedia of card tricks not card magic but yeah card tricks but yeah both both are excellent and uh really good for kind of like concepts or uh like uh, springboarding ideas for tricks 
And outside of magic, do you have anything on that? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I've got loads more stuff on that. Um, uh, I am rereading a book called Bounce, uh, which is a book on sports psychology, and mm. which is really, really good. Uh, I am also uh, reading Norm MacDonald's book, who is a stand-up comedian, um, and he wrote kind of a fiction book that's very, very good. And then I'm also reading Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, which is a book about cooking. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Which one Which one are you enjoying most? Which one would you recommend? Oh, I'd recommend all of them. Um, the book that I always recommend to everybody uh, to read is The Inner Game of Tennis, yeah, um, game of tennis. which is, which is uh, yeah, completely changed my attitude to a lot of stuff. Um, it is a it is about tennis coaching, but I think if you if you can relate it to other things, then it's really helpful. So like if you just go like yeah, yeah. if you have a vague understanding of tennis, but you go okay, well that can work with that within that and stuff. It, there's a lot of like um, non judgmental observation of technique and things like that. So like learning how to improve and how to get better at stuff. Yeah, it's cool. It's it, there's actually an expert. So there's this guy that we, that I really enjoy reading called Jay Abraham. Mm. Um, and he's famous kind of in the business world for taking concepts from other businesses and applying them to success. Right. And one of the activities he does is he has, he'll have people swap. So he'll have someone that does maybe like a lawn care business, sort of somebody that does a coding business and he'll have them read books from each other's worlds, mm. um, and then take the principles they've learned and apply them to their own business. Great. Um, and so, yeah, like you were saying, it's tennis or whatever there's always something you can learn right yeah and, and actually that's something that we try and you know when i was a teacher we tried to do with the mm -hmm. children because they come into your classroom doing design and technology and you'll say okay you know you'll be doing lengths and it's just like subtract that length from that length and they you know some kids won't be able to take it like right. translate that that's a maths thing that they learn in another class or you know or a science thing that they learned in a different class, you know, in, in regards to like metals or whatever it is. And because they're in a different classroom, they just can't kind of combine those ideas. And mm. I've, I realized how important it was like when doing that to think about everything as a melting pot, you know, you can always take something from any other field and bring it into your own work if it's useful. I like that. All right. Well, uh, I guess to end, um, if you've made it this far, <laughs> then you're probably interested in, in hearing more from Andrew Frost um, or Slightly Obsessed or Andy or Frosty, whichever one you want to go by. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, so where can people reach you? Where should, where should people go if they want to hear more of your stuff? I know that obviously you have your Patreon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, uh, the best place to kind of like have a look at the stuff that I am putting out publicly is I guess through the Instagram which is at slightly, at slightly Obsessed, which is spelled S-L-E-I-G-H-T, like sleight of hand. Um, I also have a YouTube under the same name, which has a lot of tricks and trailers to products and stuff like that. And then I also have a membership uh, where I um, try and take uh, the stuff that I did, like the, the knowledge that I had from teaching and uh, put that into teaching both slights and tricks and uh, also other stuff, not necessarily like just kind of other magical concepts like magical theory and stuff like that. And I try and take a much more applied approach to both the teaching of sleight of hand and magic theory and stuff like that. So yeah. Awesome. Okay, well, it's been a real pleasure. Yeah, it's uh, been great. Really appreciate it. Um, really enjoyed the conversation that we've had. It's been, definitely been edifying. Mm. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll close it out there. Thanks everyone for listening, and uh, we'll, we'll yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you.